When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. So apparently, my first installment of this, this is how I do it kind of segment proved to be pretty popular. I've literally had nonstop emails and DMs from people asking me for more. So I guess I might as well continue, huh? Yeah. So let's talk about today uh, how I use botanicals in my aquariums. Not which ones I use, although I can give you my two cents worth on that topic, but more on how I use them, how I prepare them, how many I tend to use, etc. We could start with my thoughts on selection. I mean, that's like the million dollar question because it varies. I have personal tastes and ideas behind my selections. Now, many hobbyists choose you know, specific botanicals because they offer shelter or hiding spaces for fishes or help create spawning sites, foraging areas, etc., etc., etc. So it's impossible for me to say that I use a specific botanical in every tank I play with. Yeah, it varies. Okay, so here's one generality. Personally, I do like smaller botanicals in most of my tanks. I tend to select smaller ones because they provide a sense of scale. Larger botanicals tend to just look better in larger tanks, in my opinion. I like the smaller stuff because it fits most of the themes I play with. I find the scale works better. Simple as that. The other thing I typically do is utilize a relatively small diversity of materials in any given tank. If you look back at some of the tanks that I've produced, I don't use 30 or 40 things, not, not recent in recent years anyway. I'll use a handful, three, four, maybe the most, you'll see four or five different materials. Um, It's a personal preference thing based on my taste, but people ask a lot. So for example, I may choose only one or two types of seed pods in a given tank. Um, Again, it's an aesthetic thing, uh, and it's just something I find more intriguing for me. Now, with leaf litter beds, I'm a huge fan of diversity. I use as many different types of leaves in one tank as I can, uh, provided they are the, the scale and everything fits well for what I'm trying to achieve. In nature, there's a fair amount of diversity when it comes to leaf drop and forest. It's a good model for us. Yet, there are certainly other times when a wide variety of stuff is important. It's part of the big idea, so I totally get this. It's subjective for sure. And as it's demonstrated by great aquascapers, like guys like, you know, Corey Hopkins and um, comes to mind, Corey long ago embraced leaf litter. It was a lot of fun. It's beautiful to adeptly and beautifully blend many different types of materials into one cohesive scape. It's entirely possible. And of course, in some of my scapes, um, like my Agapo and Varzea concepts, I'll typically use a lot of different stuff. And then there's the surprisingly controversial process of preparation. We'll talk about that. I get a lot of questions about this. Even after five plus years of trying to elevate the art and science here, there's still confusion, misunderstanding, and even some regurgitation of recommendations proffered by people who have never even tried this stuff. It's weird. So, Fellman, you're really into boiling and steeping them, aren't you? And yes, I am. Why do you do that? Okay, well, let's think about this. 
The botanicals and leaves are collected from various locations around the world, typically as naturally fallen and then dried. When these materials fall on the ground, they can be exposed to all sorts of stuff like spider webs, and bird droppings, insect droppings, dust, and good old-fashioned dirt. Now look, I'm big on utilizing all sorts of stuff in my tanks to foster biodiversity and bacterial growth and all that stuff, but I don't want bird shit and spider webs in my tank. I just don't. This is stuff which, in the confines of an aquarium, could introduce unwanted organisms and contribute to the degradation of water quality. So I give my botanicals a good rinse, and then I boil or steep them. Isn't that overkill? I don't think it is. Consider that boiling water is used as a method of making water potable by killing microbes that may be present. Most nasty microbes check out at temperatures greater than 60 degrees Celsius, 140 degrees Fahrenheit. For, for high percentage of microbes, if water is maintained at 70 degrees Celsius, about 158 degrees Fahrenheit, for 10 minutes, many organisms are killed. Some are more resistant to heat and require a little more time, but uh, wouldn't it make sense to boil our botanicals before we just dump them into our aquariums? Yeah, it would. 10 minutes of boiling is golden. In my opinion, of course, we boil for other reasons too, as we're just going to touch on now. Boiling also serves to soften botanicals. Softening them helps them sink more quickly in our aquarium. No one seems to like a bunch of leaves and seed pods floating around, right? I mean, maybe some people do, but most of us don't. If you remember your high school botany, which I actually do, <laughs> leaves, for example, are surprisingly complex structures with multiple layers designed to reject pollutants, facilitate gas exchange, drive photosynthesis, and store sugars for the benefit of the plant on which they're found. As such, it's important to get them to release some of the materials which might be bound up in the epidermis, also the outer layers, of the leaf. Boiling or, keep, or, or steeping facilitates this. As we get deeper into the structure of a leaf, we find the mesophyll, a layer of tissue in which much of photosynthesis takes place. We only use dried leaves in botanical aquariums typically because these leaves from deciduous trees, which naturally fall off the trees in seasons of inclement weather, have lost most of their chlorophyll and sugars contained within the leaf structure. This is important because having these compounds present, as in living leaves, contributes excessively to the bioload of the aquarium when submerged. Personally, I feel that we have enough bioload going into our tanks, so why add to it by using freshly fallen leaves with their sugars and such, such you know, still largely present, right? Although I think I'll experiment with various fresh leaves down the road to kind of see what happens in certain circumstances, it's something I don't recommend. Are there variations on my preparation theme? Well, sure, of course. Many hobbyists rinse then steep their leaves in boiling water rather than a prolonged boil for the simple fact that the exposure to the newly boiled water will accomplish the potential kill of unwanted organisms which, you know, at the same time will soften the leaves by permeating the outer tissues. This way not only will you know, the softened leaves go to work right away, releasing all the beneficial tannins and humic substances bound up in their tissues. They'll sink right away, too. And of course, I know many who simply rinse and drop, and that works for them, and that's fine. I've even played with microwave boiling, some, some stuff that was an idea forwarded me by somebody else, and it does work, and it makes your house smell pretty nice, too. <laughs> it's not a perfect science, this whole leaf preparation thing. And I admit, I've changed some of my approaches over the years. I'd be foolish not to. And of course, one of the common follow-up questions I get is, doesn't all this boiling and steeping release all the tannins in the leaves and seed pods? It seems counterproductive to boil them. It isn't. If you've played with leaves and botanicals long enough, you'll realize that botanical materials will continue to leach out some water-coloring tannins over an extended period of time, even if they were boiled or steeped. And my tanks are as deeply tinted as anyone else's, so 
I can tell you from experience, you need to trust me on this. The amount of tint producing tannins that you'll lose as a result of preparation is insignificant, especially when you take into account the benefits realized by this process and the operational lifespan, if you will, of a leaf. Final word on prep, I do what I recommend. Like so many things in our evolving practice of perfecting the botanical style aquarium, developing, testing, and following some basic botanical preparation protocols is never a bad thing. And understanding some of the hows and whys of the process and the reasons for embracing it will hopefully instill into our community the necessity and the pleasures of going slowly, taking the time, observing, tweaking, and evolving our craft for the benefit of the entire aquarium community. And the other question I received from our community um, in regards to botanicals in leaves and so forth is, do I leave them in until they completely decompose or do I remove them? I leave them in. Decomposition is something to be embraced in the botanical style aquarium world. We've talked about this a lot. Decomposition is an amazing process by which nature's, uh, nature processes the materials for use by the greater ecosystem. In nature, it's the first part of the recycling of nutrients that were used by the plant from which the botanical material came from. When a botanical de you know, decays, it's broken down and converted into more simple organic forms, which become food for all kinds of organisms at the base of the ecosystem. This is a dynamic, fascinating process. Part of why we find the whole idea of a natural style botanical aquarium so compelling in the first place. Many of the organisms, from microbes to microcrustaceans to fungi, are almost never seen except by the most observant and keen-eyed hobbyists, but they're there, doing what they've done for eons. They work slowly and methodically over weeks and months, converting the botanical material into the forms that are more readily assimilated by themselves and other aquatic organisms. I'm of the opinion that when we remove partially decomposed botanicals from our systems under the guise of cleaning it, we're interrupting a process, denying these beneficial organisms access to their primary food sources. As we've discussed before, these organisms also serve as supplemental food sources for our fishes. In our aquariums, we're just beginning to appreciate the real benefits of using leaves and botanicals, not just for cool aesthetics or to tint the water, but to create truly natural, ecologically stable aquatic systems for the health and well-being of the fishes that we love so much. It's important to remember that leaves and such are simply not permanent additions to our scapes, and if we wish to enjoy them in their more intact form, we'll need to replace them as they start to break down. And that's not a bad thing. It replicates leaf drop. That happens in nature all the time. For most of us, those who have made that mental shift, we let nature dictate the evolution of our tanks. We understand that the processes of biofilm recruitment, fungal growth, and decomposition work on a timeline and in a matter that is not entirely under our control. So yeah, there is a lot to consider when utilizing botanical materials in your aquarium. It's far, far beyond the idea of just dumping and praying that's been the unfortunate model for how to use them in our tanks for quite a few years now. It's more than just aesthetics alone. The functional aesthetic mindset, accepting the look and the biological processes which occur when our terrestrial materials are added to our tanks, is a fundamental shift in hobby thinking. And that's how I do it. Until next time, stay informed, stay curious, stay diligent, stay creative, stay observant, and always stay wet. This is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.